Now, I don't know if this can be proven or not. I did not do a study. But my guess is that most people like to have a sense of independence. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that can be wrong (laughs) to say that. But we do not like other people telling us what to do and when to do it. None of us would want to be someone else's slave. Now, we might like to give up control now and then, but that is usually so that we don't get blamed when things go wrong. No, you go ahead. You make the decision. But we don't want someone picking out every single meal for us. We don't want somebody telling us what we're going to wear. We don't want somebody picking out what kind of job we're going to do. Like I noted before, my guess is that in most, is that most people want to have some sort of independence. I'm willing to say it until I'm proven wrong, proven wrong. All people want to have some sort of independence. We want a sense of control. Now, one of the ways that we give ourselves a sense of control is that is by making choices. Here are a few light examples, uh, just to show that we uh, ways in which we like to show our independence. Areas that we really like to pretend that we're not out of that we're not dependent, that we're not out of control. The first example is food. Or hunger. The reality is, we all need to eat. We can't go without food. We need it to survive. We cannot get around this fact. We need food to live. But here's the thing you better not tell me what to eat or where to eat. Just trying to get a five year old. As something that's healthy for them and not processed. <laughs> this is a big chore. My son doesn't like chicken. He only likes chicken nuggets. <laughs> right, Noah? Yeah. <laughs> the five-year-old knows that he needs to eat. He gets hungry. But he doesn't want to eat what you're going to give him. He wants to eat what he wants to eat because he has no way, he wants to eat what he wants to eat, but he has no way of making it himself. He wants you to make it for him. He wants to make the decisions and he wants you to follow his rules. He doesn't want to follow the rules of those that he is dependent on. No, he wants to have the power and he wants you to follow him. Does that make sense? He needs you, but he wants you to do it his way. Another example of where we seek to have control is our work or our shelter. How we get our money in order to survive. The fact is, we all need what we say in the catechism. We all need clothing, shoes, food, drink, 
house home. We need it. We all need some place to work in order to receive our daily bread. Some people know what they want and are willing to sacrifice to get there. I mean, you guys at, at Purdue, you have a goal in mind uh, most, most of the time. <laughs> you have a goal in mind and you're going to put aside a lot of money. You're going to put a lot of, aside a lot of sacrifice. But you're doing it in order to get a goal. You know you have to work. So you're going to get the training to do it. Because you also don't want to work for a small check. Like a philosophy of religion major would. That's, that was my major. <laughs> no, we want to be wealthy. We want to have plentiful provision. So we work hard to get the job that pays well. Some people do as little as possible because... They don't really need much to live on. They're happy with just a little. That's fine too. Choices, remember? Some people are incapable of earning an income. Right? Some people are sick. Some people are hurt. But they are still capable of complaining about their clothing. (laughs) Shoes, house, and home. My, My children are incapable of providing these things for themselves. They cannot. But they are very capable of complaining about their provisions. Same goes with preteens and early teenagers. Not legal to get a job. Not legal uh, to get somewhere where you can earn to buy the phone that you have, to buy this, the video games that you play, but you're very capable of but they're very capable of complaining about the piece of junk phone they have and the video games they have. You see what I mean? We imagine ourselves that we are in some kind of control. We all want to be in charge of something even if it's just the choices we make. We don't want others to make the choices for us. Well, there are so many things out of our control that we could never count them all. But there are two things that I want to focus on today. Two things that are out of our control that from which everything else flows. These two things have eternal consequences. The first thing that is out of our control is that we were born. And that we were born into sin. We are sinners. Nobody asked us, hey, do you want to be a sinner or a saint? You were born a sinner. This means that we were born as people who desire to go against God's law, even from the moment of conception. We desire to make ourselves into a God right from the very beginning. In sin, I was conceived, the scriptures say. We we rebel against authority, which ultimately means that we rebel against God right from the very beginning. We are born into sin. This was not our choice. 
If you want to get right down to it, you didn't even choose to be born. You did not choose to be here, but you are. We were created by God and born into sin that we inherited from our first parents. And we didn't have a choice in any of it. The human race of which we are a part rebelled. Their rebellion is our rebellion. We can't stop it. It's like one person sinned in the class and the whole class is getting punished. The whole class feels the effects, right? Man, however, he's born into sin. He's heading towards death. But man needs life. Man searches and searches for cures to death. And the crazy thing about it is that the only place that man can search for the cure from death is in God's creation. Man searches and searches in all of creation to find independence from the one who created it all. He searches for life in a creation that because of sin is dying too. Man cannot reach eternal life that he has fallen from. He can't reach heaven on his own. He cannot make things right with God, the God he has sinned against. This is the second area that is completely out of man's control. Salvation. I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. I can't reach God. I can't demand him to come down here and get me. I didn't even know that was an option. The only thing I thought to do was to try and get to him. And there's pride in that. Trying to get to him. In our gospel lesson, it's really interesting what offends the people. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. I want to stop right there real quick. I just said we can't get to Jesus. And now here Jesus is saying, come to me and eat, right? I just... But here is, well, this come to me is a lot like my kids come to me. It's time to eat. I want to explain to you how that works. Noah needs to eat. Adeline needs to eat. I say, come and eat. And my daughter looks at me and then turns and runs as fast as she can. Just (laughs) pop it away. I'm like, it's time to eat. Come here. And then I have to go get them. Now, do they come to eat? Yeah, they're not strong enough to fight me. (laughs) Do they eat? Yes. But this was all my work. This was all my wife's work. Does that make sense? The preparation was their work. They get no credit in this, you know. 
They're only doing what they needed to survive. So this command is no obedience. Does that make sense? You know that God says come and eat and you know how hard it is to get up in the morning and come to church. Right? Alright, so that's this kind of come and eat. Let's get back to our main point, which that was not the main point. I just wanted, in case anybody was saying, oh, wait a minute. Back to our main point. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have, you have seen me and yet do not believe. All the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. In this passage, it is clear. Jesus wants to save us. And that it is the Father's will that he would do so. But this desire of God's, it didn't set well with the people. We read that he's letting them know it's the Father's will that you be saved and that I save you. And this is their response. The Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, Joseph, whose father and mother we know, how does he now say, I have come down from heaven? What is their grumble? It's that Jesus said, I have come down from heaven. Now the casual observer would say that someone saying this should not be offensive. Who cares? Either the man came down from heaven or he didn't. Why should this offend me? But here's what is really offensive. Jesus is saying that he is here because we are condemned to hell. And we can't get ourselves out of this mess. We are not in control. We are not independent. We are not the gods that we wish we could be. You can cry all you want. You still need to breathe. You can complain all you want. You still need to eat. You're still dependent. We get angry when we see laws placed on our lives that the people that God put in those positions put over us. We want to be our own person. We don't want people feeling sorry for us. Even if we do want, now even if we do want people feeling sorry for us, we want to control the narrative. Right? Like, oh, I got an owie. I want you to feel for me. But 
I want to control the narrative. I don't want some you just feeling sorry for me or feeling pity on me because, oh, he's too bad. Does that make sense? These people, we don't want a narrative placed on us. You don't tell me who I am. But God says, look, the fact is, you are a sinner. You're dying. This is beyond your control. The people that Jesus offended, now they believed in God. But they tried to impress each other by how close they could get to keeping God's commands. I bet you wish you had the fifth commandment down. I've been at it for a while. We want praise from each other because we wanted... We want praise from each other because of the holiness that we display. But close the commandments. But let me me put you this. Let me put it this way. Getting close to keeping the commandments is not keeping them. Close to life is not life. He was this close to being alive. He's still dead. You see what I mean? The people that Jesus offended believed in God, but they wanted to control the narrative. They wanted something good in themselves, they wanted to control their salvation. Our salvation is out of our control. Jesus came to save us even before we understood that we needed saving. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. Then in today's reading, Jesus says, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. When someone hears the word of God, that is the message of Jesus' death and resurrection for your forgiveness, for your life, for your salvation. They are drawn to God. They cannot choose this. But here's the thing. They can choose to reject it. My kids cannot choose the fact that they need to eat. They can't choose the food that they, I serve to them. But they can reject it. The Father by the Holy Spirit lets us know that we need Jesus. He is what we need on the last day. And all people who reject him will be without excuse. But what about us? What about you? I say, let's eat. Let's eat. Why do we want to pretend that we don't need Jesus? Why would we want to pretend or allow our flesh to fool us 
into thinking that there is anything else out there besides him. The truth is, all things are held together by the blood of his cross. I mean, even all the stuff that we run after in this world is a part of his creation. Why don't we eat the only food that will make us so that we never perish? Jesus says, I am the bread of life, the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the world, for the the life of the world, is my flesh. Pray with me, please. Holy Spirit, help us to see things the way they are. Help us to humble ourselves and admit that we are dependent on Jesus, the bread of life. We are not independent. And help us to stop acting as though we were. Help us to read, learn, mark, and inwardly digest Jesus as we read the word of God. Give us a hunger for Jesus in the sacrament and give us a spirit of thanksgiving that is grateful for the new life given in baptism. May we not grumble against the one who comes down from heaven, but rather help us to rejoice in the bread that gives us life. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.